the biggest success element for your comparison page is choose one thing, one main idea to highlight about your product and then go all in with that on your comparison page. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SaaS SEO Show. I'm your host, George Cassiotis, and today I'm very happy to be joined by Federico Jorge. Federico is a conversion copywriter with a passion for competitive marketing. His love for marketing started with classic campaigns like Avis, We Try Harder. As Federico focused his career on SaaS companies, he found an untapped opportunity. He combined his love for competitive marketing and tech and found it stuck against to help SaaS products stand out in a crowded marketplace and tell buyers what makes them unique to their competitors via comparison pages. Since launching Stack Against in 2021, Federico and his team have helped companies like FreshBooks, Cloudways, and Signaturely steal leads from big players like QuickBooks, VP Engine, and DocuSign. Federico, welcome to the SaaS SEO Show. Hey, Georges. Thank you very much for inviting us. Uh, thank you for the intro. And uh, yeah, that's what we do at Stack Against, comparison pages. That's great. We will talk a lot about comparison pages um, and this whole competitive marketing thing. Uh, but before we do, could you please share a few things about you and your background? Uh, this is a question that, you know, it's pretty standard here at the SaaS SEO. So, uh, so let's start with, uh, with your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've always been a copywriter. I studied copywriting and advertising back at, at school. And um, I started working at different agencies. Uh, I even founded my own agency back in Argentina a few years ago already. Uh, and then I wanted to, I wanted to jump to like a different kind of challenge. I wanted to work with bigger clients uh, and more challenging projects. Uh, and then somewhere around 2015, 2017, I uh, started freelancing on my side. I closed the agency at some point and I, and I niched down to work with SaaS companies uh, only. I, I, I fell in love with SaaS the minute I knew uh, about it, about the space. I like technology and I feel like I, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I have a kind of natural inclination to uh, explaining tech in simple ways. 
So I chose SaaS as my niche and I started freelance, uh, freelancing with uh, different SaaS companies. And then just by chance, I, I, a few of my, uh, my clients wanted me to do comparison pages. And by trial and error, I ended up with a very solid process that got me from A to C in terms of uh, writing these comparison pages. So suddenly I knew how to do the research, how to do the copywriting, how to do the strategy, and how to do the design for the pages as well, even though I'm not a designer, but I would partner up with designers to complete the, the, the pages. And uh, kind of like I had that uh, light bulb moment and I went, I should package this up and start a company that only does comparison pages. And that's when the idea of Stack Against was, uh, was born. And I started kind of like sharing that with my network and then officially launching the company. So uh, you run Stack Against, uh, which is a, a service that does uh, comparison pages. Um, my first question, I guess, would be, what are uh, comparison pages? Um, and why uh, are they important for uh, SaaS companies? Cool. Uh, we're very passionate about comparison pages at, at Stack Against. You probably uh, figured that out. But we believe comparison pages are, are very, very important. And uh, a lot of SaaS companies are doing them and, and are publishing these. So it kind of like validates that idea. And we believe, we believe they're very important because they answer a critical, critical question in the buying journey. So when somebody is evaluating a product because they have a problem, they need to go out and find a solution, right? And when, when they're evaluating their options, they might find anywhere from two to 20 different alternatives to solve that problem. And that creates a lot of anxiety for buyers because they don't know which option is gonna be the best fit for them. They have their money, they wanna spend it right, they don't want to make the wrong choice. They don't want to make a choice that six months from now, they have to change to a different product, migrate, move all the effort that they put into uh, a specific product and then move into a different platform. So that decision, even though we make those decisions every day, and especially for B2B buyers, creates a lot of friction, right? So buyers want to be as sure as they can be that they're choosing the right option for them at that point. And comparison pages answer that question for them, or at least give them insights on how to make that decision. Because when I need a CRM and I'm thinking about, should I choose HubSpot or Salesforce? It's because I still haven't made that decision in my head yet. And I go to these pages to try and get that answer. So if you can do that research for your clients, and if you can tell your biggest or your best fit buyers why they should choose you, then you're helping them jump, uh, jump ahead uh, and add you to their decision shortlist and just by telling them why they should choose you. I understand. Would you say that companies, SaaS companies, after a certain stage, uh, need comparison pages or I mean a pre-product market fit uh, SaaS company very early stage you know very small customer base um, 
need comparison pages as well. I mean, I guess my question is, is there a, a certain level at which, after which you, you advise uh, creating comparison pages? Yeah, yeah, I think I understand your question. And um, the answer comes from different angles. Uh, I'm guessing, I'm assuming that the reason you asked this question is maybe because a lot of new challenger companies, uh, they, they publish their sites and they include these comparison pages. And I believe that the reason behind that is that comparison pages tend to rank pretty well if you know how to uh, execute them. And uh, if there's uh, traffic, if, if there's volume around those keywords, those comparative keywords like your product versus product B or product B alternatives, right? You're going to be driving traffic to these pages and they're going to convert. They tend to convert higher than your usual uh, landing page. So having them as a new company makes sense because they tend to be effective if you know how to execute them. But at the same time, I would say it depends because I think one of the key aspects of having an effective comparison page is that you know who you need to attract, you know who is your best possible buyer, and you call them out with your comparison pages, especially, especially if you're comparing against a, a competitor that maybe targets a different, uh, slightly different segment of the market, right? So let's say you are a better fit for uh, SMBs and your biggest competitor is a better fit for enterprise companies, right? If you highlight that on your comparison page, chances are you're going to do a good job at uh, attracting SMBs to your solution instead of uh, sending them to your competitor. But the problem is, if you're a new company, you might not have a very clear idea of who's your best buyer. So your messaging might be off. And that I think that is a problem for new companies uh, across all their marketing. They're testing a lot of messaging. They're, they're seeing what sticks. They're uh, searching for product market fit. So comparison pages can fit, can kind of like a stumble with those challenges as well. Uh, but I, I would say it, it would make more sense or these pages would prove more effective once you've found product market fit and you know who you should be talking to and who is your best buyer that you need to be attracting with these comparison pages. Can does I that ask, make sense? Yeah, it, it does. Thank you. Uh, can yeah. I ask you why uh, do SaaS buyers search for competitor terms uh, online? For example, it's, is it because they have reached a switching moment or they are you know, way before that and they like have identified two uh, solutions as the most prominent late solution uh, let's say solutions exactly. in this category and they are just comparing them i, I mean mm -hmm. what is your uh what is your experience here why uh and when let's say um SaaS buyers search for for competitor uh terms online yeah great question i think it it comes from three different uh places one is uh users that are frustrated with their current solution and they still need a similar solution, but they don't want to use the same product that they're using right now. So that, that's pretty straightforward, right? You're using Salesforce, but you hate it for whatever reason. So you need to switch. So you go online and you try to find uh, a different CRM, but then you maybe you don't know uh, other CRM uh, solutions, or maybe you want, kind of like you're asking Google, give me something similar to Salesforce, but not Salesforce, right? So that's how 
uh, they start that uh, research uh, process. And then the other two are kind of similar, but I would say sometimes buyers, kind of like what you said, they know the well-known brand. Everybody knows Salesforce. Everybody knows HubSpot. Everybody knows Pipedrive, right? But they might feel that's just the starting point for them. They might feel they're missing out on evaluating other alternatives that could be a, a good fit for them, or they might know HubSpot, but they also know that's not going to be a good fit for them because, I don't know, maybe pricing, right? Or because they, there's a specific feature that they need that HubSpot doesn't offer, so they already know they, they need something similar, but with that feature included. And then the, the third uh, path uh, on this research journey is that B2B buyers, they, there's no one single decision maker, or most of the time, there's not going to be just one person involved in the buying process. So you can't really pick one tool and decide this, this is the, the tool that we're going to choose, and that's it. You're going to get approval from financing, uh, finances, you're going to get approval from your uh, CEO, you're going to get approval from users that are going to be uh, on a daily basis spending time inside the tool. So when you're making that, uh, when you're starting that evaluating evaluate process, you sometimes have to uh, create a list of options because other people are going uh, gonna to tell you, okay, this is the kind of tool that we need, this one works, this one doesn't. So you go online and you search for HubSpot alternatives because you need to come up with two, three, five different options and then share that with the rest of, the, of your team and make a, a decision based on that. So there's different places uh, where you're coming from, but they all end up uh, requiring the same kind of content, which is answering the intent of why you should choose us versus them and how we're different versus all these other tools. Okay. And this brings me to my next question then, which is, uh, in your experience, what will make a SaaS buyer once they are on, on a comparison page, uh, either an alternatives page or a VS page, um, what will make them uh, sign up for a free trial or request a demo or, you know, whatever the, the offering may be after reading a comparison page? And I guess my question here is, what are the elements of, of a successful comparison page? Yeah. Uh, great question. I would say the biggest, the biggest success element for your comparison page is choose one thing, one main idea to highlight about your product and then go all in with that on your comparison page. It doesn't matter how many sections or blocks your landing page has, everything should be tied back to that main idea. And that main idea could be, could be different things, right? We try to uh, think about this uh, main narrative as an overlap between two, kind of like if you, if you think about a Venn diagram, it will be the overlap between something that you are great at, because if it's not something you're strong at, then you're not going to be able to sell that. It needs to be something your users care about. Otherwise, you're going to be just promoting something that people don't want to buy. And then it needs to be ideally something your competitors can't match because if there's already a leader in terms of, I don't know, let's say you want to go with uh, pricing, but there's, there's already 
a different alternative that is clearly cheaper than the rest, then that's a, that's a, that's a positioning statement that you can't use anymore because someone else occupies that space. So it needs to overlap those three ideas. Once you find that, go all in uh, describing that with your comparison page. And then that could be anything. That could be a feature that you have that no one else has, uh, a, a true innovation in your product, which is harder to achieve. Uh, and, and it's getting even harder uh, because it's easy to copy features. Uh, but it could be that. It could be um, you're the expert in a specific industry. And this is, if we continue with the example of CRMs, a lot of CRMs, uh, new CRMs that are appearing, they know they can go after the whole market. So they're going to be the CRM for agencies like Copper or the CRM for architects or the CRM for, I don't know, freelancers, right? So if you have a feature set or if you have a, a, a product that is built around that vision, which is helping a particular segment of the market, and your competitors are not saying that and they're generalist solutions, then that could be another angle. Uh, it could be pricing, of course, if you have a, like a clearly cheap alternative. Uh, but it all depends on uh, also your uh, whole business strategy, right? So you can pick your angle, whatever it is, but make sure that once you've decided this is going gi to give you the clear edge versus the competition, make sure your comparison page talks about that from every point uh, that can support that big idea. That makes sense. So focus focus on a, on a on one idea uh, that obviously has to be something where you have a, a competitive edge. That makes sense. If we if we try to pose the question a bit differently and try to think about mistakes that SaaS companies mm -hmm. do when it comes to their comparison pages. Um, yeah, I would say um, because SEO, it's a very uh, effective um, way to think about these comparison pages. You, you, you get them to rank and then they start putting traffic and very high intent traffic. Um, then a lot of people tend to over-optimize for SEO. And uh, something that happens a lot on these comparison pages is that the hero section, which is the one section of your landing page that 100% of your visitors are going to see, instead of telling me right away why or what makes you different from product B, then it's just a big headline that says, I don't know, Haspot versus Salesforce, right? Or Haspot versus Pipedrive. That's just, that's the, the whole headline because they're optimizing for that keyword, but you're wasting time and you're not getting right away in telling me why I should pick you versus others. Because when I, when I go to a comparison page and, and I read Pipedrive versus Haspot, that's not really informing me it's not giving me any reason to buy. It's just telling me, oh, yeah, this is a comparison page. Exactly what I needed, exactly why I clicked on this link. But now tell me, why should I buy from you uh, and stop wasting my time? So I would say, and, and you can see this is tied back to uh, this idea of going all in in terms of selling your differentiation, right? So don't waste time getting to that point. Um, and then another big issue that I see with comparison pages is that they tend to lead with feature differentiation. And a, a, a very clear symptom of this is that on their hero section or right below the hero section, boom, they paste or they, they put this endless feature comparison chart. And it's just, you keep scrolling and scrolling and you see all these X's and check marks 
And that doesn't make a lot of sense for somebody that just lands on your comparison page. Because first of all, it's information overload. Nobody has uh, the capacity to compare 30 different features and understand, oh, this feature means X, or this feature is going to have this kind of impact in the way that I work. And just by looking at the comparison chart and seeing the X uh, on your competitor column and the check mark on your column, that's not going to tell them how their lives are going to be impacted. So before you bring out and whip out your comparison table, tell people, at least at a highlight level, what makes your product unique, why they should choose you, and then all the features that you talk about, tie them back to this uh, big idea. And one of the uh, strategies that we use is we don't have these endless comparison charts. Even, even if we have features where we're clearly winning versus certain competitors, sometimes we don't even include those in, in the comparison uh, page because they're not related to that big idea that we want to uh, reinforce, right? So if we're talking about, again, just an example, but if we're talking about pricing, maybe our whole comparison chart is gonna be around pricing, right? And we have a free plan, they don't. Uh, we have a money back guarantee, they don't. We have a cheaper plan, they don't. And we don't talk about all the features that we have and, and they don't, because that doesn't correlate to that narrative. So make sure that if you're selling features, they are in context uh, uh, to and uh, related to that big, bigger narrative and make sure you don't give people uh, uh, these crazy long comparison tables and let them figure it out on their own, but explain to them how these features are going to fit in their lives. Both points are great. Um, can I ask you, in, in your yeah. opinion, um does it does it make sense to create both landing pages and blog posts for comparison purposes like similar to what clickup does um what what are your thoughts about that and i guess like a, a, a question that's connected to that would be like what is the ideal uh setup like where should these pages live on, on a website yeah uh i would say if you have limited resources and you need to pick one uh, kind of landing page or what kind of content asset, it could be the, the the versus product A versus product B comparison page, or it could be uh, kind of like a listicle where uh, you target, um, I don't know, pipe drive alternatives, and then it, it, it's formatted like a blog article and you're reviewing multiple products in the same piece. I would say, it depends on what stage you're on and uh, how much traffic you're bringing to your site. And uh, if this is mostly gonna be an SEO uh, strategy for you, right? So if it's mostly gonna be an SEO strategy, maybe you wanna get started with this, uh, with the listicle and target uh, a keyword like, again, continuing with this CRM example, uh, like hotspot alternative or pipe, dri pipe drive alternative. And at the same time, you got to figure out if that keyword is too competitive for you. Maybe it's not a great idea right now. So you want to target lower competition uh, keywords and try to drive traffic uh, to those pages. Uh, 
So there, there, there's a lot to consider actually. But then if you're a challenger brand, if you just launch your website, if you don't have a lot of traffic, if, if SEO still is not your main traffic generation avenue, then I would say go for, for the product versus product comparison page. Why? Because it's going to be a more flexible asset for you. It, uh, the, just the research that you can get from doing these comparison pages is going to allow you to answer that question uh, in front of prospects. And this is something that is going to happen to you from day one. How are you different from X? People are going to be asking you this all the time. So knowing the answer to that at a scale is going to help you uh, move those conversations uh, closer to a sale. Uh, having those pages on your website right away to answer that question for anybody that's going to your website is going to be a good idea. You can use those insights um, for your uh, sales reps to communicate your winning uh, positioning uh, when talking to prospects. So if that's your case, then I would say go with the uh, comparison, the product versus product comparison. And then just to make it even more SEO specific, I think there's two strategies here. The alternative to keyword tends to have more volume, right? And if you go on, on Google and just search for any kind of like pipe drive alternative or alternative to pipe drive, the kind of answer that uh, or intent that Google is serving is uh, closer to that listicle, right? Where you review multiple products and then people choose from that list. So if you're targeting that keyword and you are, have limited resources and you, and you need to do just one piece, then do that one. And then the product versus product uh, keyword tends to have lower volume, but at the same time, it has higher intent. Somebody that is searching for your product versus a competitor, they want to compare you versus them. And, and it, it's closer to a decision between just those two products. So that tells you that that buyer is closer to making a, a, a purchasing decision, right? And in that case, the uh, structuring that landing page as a sales page instead of a, a more educational piece of content, it makes sense because you need to persuade them to choose you versus that particular competitor, right? And again, if you have more uh, budget and if you can do both, I would do both and then interlink uh, each other. So from the article, from the listicle, when you're listing, uh, I don't know, let's say your pipe drive, right? And you're targeting hotspot alternatives with a listicle. When you're reviewing hotspot, then you can link to your pipe drive versus hotspot comparison page. And that kind of like creates that interlinking or, or a cluster uh, structure for all your competitive keywords. That makes sense. As you were answering this question, uh, uh, another uh, question came to my mind, which is, yeah. would you advise, uh, let's say a company that's not Pipedrive, uh, nor HubSpot, yeah. a new player, uh, the new kid on, on, the, on, the, on the game, would you yeah. advise them to do a comparison page between Pipedrive versus HubSpot? Uh, what's what are your thoughts on that? I mean, they like of course they are going to talk about their product eventually. Uh, just they are focusing on two different uh, solutions that it's not their solution. Yeah, correct. Um, well, 
I have two answers uh, for that question. Number one is right now we're not offering that deliverable as part of uh, our services. And that kind of like tells you right away, we're not prioritizing that kind of page. And the reason why is we understand the SEO approach of that, because if you're a new player, nobody's going to be searching for HubSpot versus you because nobody knows about your brand, right? So doesn't have volume, doesn't generate traffic. You're publishing a landing page that no one uh, gets to see. Now, there's a lot of volume for Haspot versus Pipedrive, and you want to piggyback on that volume. So you want to create a Haspot versus Pipedrive versus you uh, article, right? Or maybe it's just Haspot versus Pipedrive, and you do the whole review, and then at the bottom, this is uh, the classic approach, at the bottom of the article, you tell people, well, but if you're looking for a third alternative or, or an alternative that does XYZ, which none of these two products do, then you should choose us, right? And I would say, in terms of SEO, that might work. That might drive the traffic uh, to your uh, site. But the way we see it, it, that, it doesn't really answer the intent to that question, which is pipe drive versus hotspot. So the chances of converting that user is going to be uh, way lower, right? Than focusing your efforts on a different kind of comparison. Uh, and then it's going to be really hard to, in, in a piece that talks about pipe drive versus hotspot, push your way into the conversation because yes. you're like the third wheel you're the, the, the alternative that they didn't even consider. So coming up with a selling point that beats not, not just one, but two of those competitors and competitors are going to be probably the leaders in the market because that's why the, the, there's volume for that keyword is going to be harder. So um, I would prioritize other competitive assets before that one. That makes sense. And I think that uh, we we had similar experiences with our clients, meaning that we have seen that those pages that target, uh, you know, product vs. product um, keywords, mm -hmm. but not for you, I mean, not for uh, the, the company itself, don't yeah. tend to uh, convert so well. So I, I think that, you know, we, we agree here. Uh, you know, maybe it makes you feel good about yourself the fact that you're driving this traffic but i think that you know what you mentioned earlier about intent it doesn't really answer the question is a critical point here and you know this may be the reason this may explain why these pages don't convert as well uh, now another question that i have for you and i'm very curious uh about your thoughts on that uh, what do you think is the role of review and affiliate sites like g2 and captera or get up in the SaaS uh, buyer journey, um, since you know th there is a lot of visibility from these websites uh, on the search engine results pages for yeah. alternative keywords for VS, you know, product VS product keywords and so on. Yeah, um, yeah, these aggregator sites uh, they tend to uh, dominate some of those uh, comparison-based uh, searches. Um, and even though we might be competing versus them when we launch these comparison pages for our clients, uh, we still have a lot of respect for these sites because reviews are critical in the, in the buying journey. Uh, I don't know the, the specific stat, but, but I think somewhere around 90% of people 
say that reading reviews is part of the research process. So it's really important. These sites fulfill a very important part of the, of the research process. And uh, not just that, so you want to invest in being uh, having visibility there, right? Not just for the sake of having positive reviews, but also because if somebody's going to be searching for your brand, uh, even if you don't get to rank your comparison page on top, at least you're going to appear as a result on G2, on Captera. And if you have positive reviews and if you have uh, an angle versus the, those competitors, then all the SERP is going to be leaning in your favor, right? Because no matter, uh, like position number one could be G2, position number two could be Captera, position number two, let's say, uh, is going to be your landing page. But if all those three positions say that you are the best option or you're the better option for certain kind of people, or if you have certain features that your competitor doesn't have, there's going to be a lot of consistency in how people are, uh, are getting that answer, right? And that is critical. And we put a lot of effort in terms of mining reviews when we do our research. Because of that, and because we want to mirror what we see on those reviews. Because, again, if buyers are going to G2, to form their opinion, then and then they go on one of our comparison pages. And if they've been reading G2, and let's say they read about our competitor uh, that, uh, I don't know, their customer service sucks, uh, takes a long time to get an answer, nobody knows what they're talking about, terrible customer support, right? And they, they start forming this idea of, I don't know, maybe I like th those features, but mm, it seems like customer support is not gonna be great. And then they go on our website, and our whole angle is built around, we have the same features and way better customer support. And that's, that kind of consistency creates immediate persuasion because it confirms the hesitation that they, that they come to your comparison page to and tells them, and it eases their mind. It tells them if customer service is something that you care about, we can give you that and you know this competitor can't because you read it on all of these reviews. And then it just, the whole SERP is leaning in your favor in terms of converting them to you, to, to your product. That makes sense. Uh, and I think that, uh, like, as you said, it, it is a part of the, the customer journey and um, also trying to understand what are the, or identify the, the underlying patterns or the very obvious ones and try to use those patterns in your in your copy like mm -hmm. in messaging and so on it, it makes perfect sense now uh as we are running out of time i have uh, a couple more questions for you um sure. one would be what do you think the future holds for such companies regarding uh comparison marketing is it going to be more uh comparison pages is it going to be something else that we haven't seen yet uh what are your thoughts on that well, um, I don't usually like to um, guess the future because I get it <laughs> wrong. Uh, but I would say um, it's getting really crowded in SaaS. And it's getting crowded uh, by the minute. More and more competitors are, are popping up in every single space. Project management, CRM, sales enablement. Everywhere is getting more and more competitive. 
And uh, the more competitors you have, the more buyers are going to need you to answer that question and tell them how you differentiate versus them. And not just on comparison pages, throughout and across all your marketing, right? It's not just related to the, to, to the stuff that we do. Every single day, SaaS companies need to do a better job at differentiating themselves, unless you're already the market leader, right? And then you, you've talked about this, these new challenger brands, they use this comparison-based angle to uh, dominate the ranks, uh, the, the, the SERP really quick, to start winning that, what we call the low-hanging fruit, people that are ready to convert, ready to, uh, to make a purchasing decision. So the more companies are doing these pages, the harder also is gonna be for them to uh, become effective because buyers also get used to that kind of messaging and it kind of like starts losing uh, the appeal, right? So the more competitors appear, the more comparison pages are published, the more sophisticated you're going to have to be in terms of thinking through the strategy behind the, the, your page and then executing, executing that page in a way that still convinces, persuades, and uh, leaves people with a, with, a, with a good taste in their mouth. Right. Uh, so I would say, yeah, it's going to get more competitive and uh, chances are it's going to be even more critical and uh, like fundamental part of lead generation for, for SaaS. Yeah. Do you think that uh, showing that you are as um, like less unbiased as possible is, is also something important that we, we, we may see more uh, in the future, meaning that, you know, people when they, when they are in a comparison page of company A, they know that company A is uh, a bit biased uh, towards, you know, itself and, um, and against obviously uh, the competitor. Do you think that, you know, being a bit more honest about the things that we may not be as good, but you know what? Sure. The the main theme here, the, the thing that we know you're interested in, we are better in that, but we also lack in these things. Do you think that this is also um, something that we may see more of or that you think is important for comparison pages? Uh, yeah, I think honesty uh, gives you... Um, what honesty does in marketing is that the minute people read you being honest about something that uh, a feature that you don't have or something you're lacking on the, that barrier of oh this company is trying to sell to me kind of like becomes lower it, it goes uh, down so they're more um, inclined to paying attention to your messaging and being recept receptive of your messaging that that what that's what honesty creates in copywriting so i think that's a good angle for your uh, comparison pages in general. You don't need to force it in if it doesn't fit. If you're a clear winner in multiple uh, things or, or, or selling points, then you might not want to dwell too long in telling people like, oh yeah, we don't have this, or honestly, we're not the best fit for X buyer, but then we're a better fit for this other kind of buyer. So you don't want to stop too much time there. Um, but there's ways, there, there, there are elegant, elegant ways to execute that 
Um, a, a great example is uh, Drift, where on their comparison page, they kind of like start by uh, a node to uh, Intercom, uh, who basically created and it's a pioneer in this space. And then from that point on, they start selling their solution. But I think that the critical aspect is maybe don't focus too much on your weaknesses, but make sure that you're telling people you're not the best. The best doesn't really exist. There's no one best solution, but you're definitely a better fit for certain kind of buyer. The reason why so many companies exist and are trying to solve the same problem is because they, they're all created somehow different, differently, right? Their founders, their teams, they think about the problem in a slightly different way, even if it is the same problem. So they're always going to be creating a solution that is going to be slightly different. And that means it's going to be attracting different segments of the market. So instead of trying to be the best for everyone, just tell people this is who we're better for and this is why. And then you don't even need to say, and this is what, what we're not so great at, because they're going to assume that and they're going to fill in those gaps and they might not even care. So why bring it up in the first place? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, Federico, thank you very much. Uh, last question I have for you. Where can people find out more about you and Stack Against and get in touch uh, if they'd like to? Sure. Uh, stackagainst.com. They, they can check out our website. They can see a little bit of our process there, the kind of customers that we work with, our pricing packages too. And then if you want to uh, follow me, I, I mostly publish stuff on LinkedIn. So you find me as Federico Jorgeder, and I talk about all things competitive marketing and comparison pages. So if you're interested in that topic, then you're welcome to, to connect and, and uh, follow. That's great. We will drop any relevant links uh, to the show notes. Uh, that was all very awesome. insightful. And for a topic that I know many SaaS companies, if not all, uh, are interested in. So thank you very much for doing this and uh, looking forward to future discussions like this. Absolutely. It's been great uh, coming to your show and thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you for staying with us until the end. Before you go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, AHRS. AHRS provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free. Another episode of the SaaS SEO Show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.